This week's show is brought to you by Venice Beach Beverage. Try their delicious line of ginger teas with 100% daily vitamins in every can. And make sure you try my favorite, Black Cherry. Visit them online at venicebeachbeverage.com. This episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, the entire animal kingdom to On This Frequency. Not just you kittens and cats, <laughs> all of you birds and mammals and reptiles. I said reptiles. Oh, yeah, I alligators and stuff. Like dipped out of this whole animal kingdom. But welcome to this week's episode of <laughs> On This Frequency. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to introduce today's special guest, we have been waiting on this person's wait list to get him on the show. Mm. We tried to expedite. We tried to bribe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's so in demand with mm. the world. I'm just really happy that he's here today with us. In addition to uh, Team Bartley, who is helping us produce this week's episode, we mm-hmm. got Rachel Bartley in the house. Yeah. Behind the board with her, with her boo, Juice Box Bartley. Welcome, Rachel. Shout out the Bartleys. Hi. Hey, the, girl. The Bartley Corner. Yes. So, again. We're I'm finally pr- in the studio again. Yes, it's great oh, to be in the studio. Yes, we are in the studio. Yes. We are official. We're using mics and headphones and shit. We're in the <laughs> therapy chairs. The therapy chairs. Mm. I did miss them. Um, so, this, this week's special guest, my brother, your husband, Michael, Michael Moda. Moda. <laughs> <laughs> Insert cool song here. Oh, yeah, the hello, 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 song. hello, hello, everyone. Yeah, hello. what would be your opening song? Yeah, what do you want the opening song to be? Uh, well, like whatever you guys, match, no, you know? what you guys you opened up with, that was, that was pretty no, cool. No, I mean, like, what would be the song, if you had to be introduced to the world, what would be your opening song? Like, they always ask Severe, what would be your walk-up song? Yeah. So oh. what would be your walk-up song oh, to cool. On This Frequency? Yeah, I don't know. I've never, actually, I've never really thought about that. Hmm. Um... I mean, but if it's baseball related, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, I, re- I always really like Coach Ice uh, from Audio Slave. That would be a good what? one. Yeah. And, okay, and it, was, wait, wait. it was actually it was in Talladega Nights. <laughs> it was a funny, stupid movie, but it was actually, the, yeah, this one. Yeah, here we go. Thank you, Barley. Yeah, it's, 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 it's I don't know. You know, it's. Wait, let me try that intro again, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Moda. <laughs> it's like 45 seconds into it. <laughs> but the build-up is good, you know? You like yeah. the build-up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you can, yeah, this is good. You know, you're walking up for a baseball song, like, you're in there like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Focused, you're like, okay, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to hit it? Wow. This, this is, is very, good. this is actually very fitting for you. This, this is very much your personality. Yeah, so obviously. Okay. Yeah. Chris Cornell. Yeah. You know, it's sad that, that, that he passed away, but mm. um, the, the, um, the the band and everything that, that went together with, with Audio Slave. Wait, was it was Audio great. Slave and then Soundgarden, though. Yeah, so it was Soundgarden, yeah, and then it went to uh, Audio Slave, and, and, and it was a hybrid of uh, Rage Against the Machine with uh, mm. Chris Cornell. But yeah, it was, it was great what he did with them. They have a really cool bronze statue of Chris Cornell in uh, Seattle, Washington, at oh, the at the yeah. Museum of, of Music. Oh shit! Sure. That's a beautiful, beautiful piece, right outside of it. Look at that! 
welcome, Michael Moda. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode, the latest and greatest from myself and Ricky in this studio environment. Honestly, yes, it's funny that this that we're doing this here at the studio. Um, I also kind of feel like this is the first week of the new year. Interesting. Okay, I feel that. How long has it been? Two weeks? It's the 18th today. So the the last two weeks, I feel we're still 2021. This week is 2022. So I and I and it feels just right because, um, like I said, we're here in the studio. And then even myself, like I, I all of a sudden have a, a morning routine, which I'm like totally obsessed with. I wake up in the morning Jorge and I have breakfast. I read. We go for our walk. I exercise now. So it's like. Oh, okay. shit. Look at this whole new world. So this hold that year. How long have you been doing this routine? What's today? Tuesday? Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel and I were I just... literally said it. Okay, I'm over here thinking you've been doing this for three weeks. <laughs> Rachel and I were talking about how the difficulties that we have trying to establish those routines, but yeah. how much we need them, but yeah. the discipline that it takes to do that. And we have so many distractions that get in the way of that. Fuck yeah. So it's kind of quite comforting to know that you just started Monday and you successfully did it for three days in a row now. Yeah. Hell Seriously. yeah. And, um, and you know what? These whole new year, new me goals that start January 1st, completely dumb it starts the 17th mike <laughs> do you have a new year new me goal for yourself uh no actually i don't <laughs> have you have you ever been about that are men about new year new me's i think so i mean really i mean depends on the man man or woman i think everybody goes through their new year new me which is is good and i encourage that you know uh but i think and i think that's where it starts really because if you if you have that discipline of new year new me and then mm-hmm. you know you keep doing it keep doing it after a while just there really isn't new year new me it's just you and you're doing what you're doing and you just start or you've conditioned yourself yeah, it's discipline to mm-hmm. you've conditioned yourself to a self improvement mindset throughout the years that it if what I'm understanding correctly that it becomes an effortless thing right and then something you don't have to give it a title to because you just automatically do it. Yeah. 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 Groundhog Day. Oh, well, that, that doesn't sound inspired. Well, oh, well no, no, not in that sense, but I mean, I mean, but it is, but it's not I mean, after when, when you're doing, once you're in that rhythm, you know, you tend to lose track of the days and you're, you know, Oh, what's today? Or, you know, yeah. I've been going through that a lot. It, it's a good thing. It's a good thing because you're focused. I don't know about that, but. And definitely, really it can too, be. But what it day can is be. it? <laughs> I don't feel the year at all. Like yeah. I'm not. I have not put any thought, or I'm. It's not. I'm not conscious of. Oh, it's 2022, right? Or it was 2021. I still think that COVID was last year. That mm-hmm. the pandemic just started last year. Mm-hmm. Way it far blows my mind that yeah, we were going on our third year mm-hmm. of living in this state. Yeah, environment. Speaking of which, um, I wanted to mention here on the podcast, if our listeners don't know, um, you can now uh, order your free at-home COVID test through USPS.com. You get a limit of one order per residential address, um, and your order would include four individual rapid uh, COVID-19 tests. And the orders start shipping um, in late January. So I thought that that was something that... Um, was worth mentioning because I think recently with this whole 
Omarion, Omicron, whatever it is. Um, there's been a shortage of COVID tests and a long line of people waiting to get tested and delays with all that. So um, hopefully, you know, people, whoever needs them can get a hold of those. Um, it's very yes. And you know what? I'm kind of this is going to sound strange about people getting sick. But for the last since the beginning of the year. Oh, this is how I do know that the beginning of the year. Right. Mm. I live in this constant moment of dread. Because I commute to Highland Park every day. Yeah. And before Omicron blew up, my commute was an hour and 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And since Omicron stayed, I do 37 minutes in traffic. Oh, really? Every it's still single impacting day. like yes. right now. Oh, and I that's didn't how I know that. that's how I know people aren't going back to work. Yeah. Something I love the traffic right now. Normally yeah. getting home would take me no less than an hour and a half. Right. And now I'm home in less than an hour. Like wow. 55 minutes. Huh. And I I like that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of like glad that. Yeah. Especially because since your, your commute is with traffic and coming home with traffic. Yeah. Huh? So it's been a bittersweet thing. But mm. I think just people don't, you know, not that they don't want to go back to work, but they're rethinking a lot of things. And then yeah. it, obviously if they are sick, you're staying home. As yeah. we always should have stayed home. If we're sick. Stay home. Yeah. And I've been hearing that a lot of um, child care and um, K through 12 isn't going to school. I think they've, they're have they kicking kids out. So I think a lot of parents have to stay home um, yeah. with their kids because, you know, daycare. But that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was such an impact right now. It is. The, and, the and I know that the minute that traffic starts to hit wild like it was, then it's business as usual. Yeah. But until then, I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, when, the, um, when it starts getting a little bit warmer and... The virus seasons kind of slow down a little bit, mm. as it should, I hope. I read this outstanding article that stated, well, because uh, there was that volcano that erupted this week oh, in, yeah. in Tonga. Or not, but in Yeah, the, the islands. And there was a tsunami warning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is, sounds terrible. Well, there's not always a tsunami warning for the West Coast anytime there's an earthquake the mm -hmm. middle of the ocean or Correct. a volcanic but by the time it gets here it's like three feet yeah oh. so it's <laughs> i'm all disappointed like oh <laughs> which is weird because i don't know i don't i can't explain why i got excited about that oh shit yeah i was like oh shit there's a tsunami coming like my mind was it's already common. Hmm? it's pretty common to get excited over a tsunami no it's pretty common to get tsunami oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure 100% <laughs> but um, and I actually, I was, I was just about to, I was in, uh, at the Rose Bowl this weekend. I was looking at the sky and I started to do a video of myself on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, this must be a tsunami sky. Like, whoa. And I uh. thought, Ricky, you're not going to go on the internet right now and sound excited <laughs> about a tsunami that just devastated Tonga. Like, right. what are you thinking right now? All right. But in this article, it said that a lot of people are in this like, oh, we're living in a post-apocalyptic world mm. with all these bad things that are happening. And I think it was last year, the fires in San Francisco. Hold on. What's a tsunami sky look like? In your eyes well, like Listen, for me. Pollution, no? And no, 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 like no, 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 Rain? no. For me, I, that's it, a good is question. It, is, it, is it like uh, it's, it's like when here in California we say, "Oh my God, this is uh, this is earthquake weather." Kind of. Kind the, of like there was that? there was something different about the sky. There was just something really like, different. What's a tsunami sky look like? <laughs> it was just different about the sky, but it was also pretty much everything in my head, obviously, clearly. But 
Anyways, my this- responses to that were super dumb too. <laughs> Who are we? I mean, I, 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 I got where she was going at, but I'm yeah. like, well. Oh, what does that look like? Right. <laughs> and it is the same as so with earthquake weather. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, did you post it? No, I didn't post it because okay, so what was it? What did I it felt look like? like I felt like it was gonna that my enthusiasm was gonna be very insensitive to people yeah. that may have been harmed duh, by the by the tsunami. But so my point was uh, trauma after trauma, pandemic, social injustice, work change, and then the tsunami. It's like I'm ready for anything. Bring it. What you got? Yeah. But to what I was saying, San Francisco, Northern California, I, I, and I think it was last year, all the fires that it had when the sky was orange, like mm. all day, and people were like, this is, po- we're post-apocalyptic mm. right now. But this author goes on to say that we're really trans-apocalyptic. We're transitioning into a time on this planet where things are really out of our control, so to speak, in the sense that Mother Nature is letting us know, like, mm. You've gone too far with this. Yeah. And this and these are the results. This is how everything is going to adapt now to how you've harmed or how you're not doing anything about it. But he also says it's not the end of the world either because it's you're transitioning, right? Yeah. So now it's how do you just adapt your living to that? So it was it was quite quite an interesting why did I bring this up? Uh COVID. <laughs> Continued traumas in the weather. Uh, have you watched that movie, Mike? What's the name of that movie? The Don't Impossible. Look up. Oh shit! I thought the you Impossible with the tsunami. Up. The the with the family, the family that goes to oh Thailand and they get separated. Uh, yeah, oh, and they all the, miraculously uh, live. Yeah, it's based Holy on a true story. Yes. true story. The, uh, yeah, the tsunami. I think it happened like two thousand. That's a while ago. Two thousand five yep. in the Indian Pacific Ocean. Yeah, when we watched that movie, I was I had full blown anxiety from beginning to end. I could not believe, and I couldn't I couldn't even imagine going through something like that and then fucking living to tell the story. Um, All right, I'm, I'm, so I'm amazed. Have you watched? Have you guys watched? Don't look up. Yeah. Yes. You, you guys both watched that. Okay. So here's my question to the both of you. And and I don't. I'm not gonna spoiler alert yeah, I was gonna the movie. Say, are you I'm not. Spoil all this no, 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 no. But I but it. I want to pose this question. If we were to become aware mm. that in fact we were gonna get hit by a meteor that was going to obliterate the planet, mm-hmm. what? Who would you want to spend, like, you You have an exact, an approximate time of when this thing is going to hit. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be around? Right? So I'm thinking, damn, my parents are split. Mm. So I can't be with my mom and dad at the same time. Right. For the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And then my kids, I mean, we're split. So are my kids <laughs> going to want to go with their dad? Mm. Or are they going to want to stay with me? Or should we just invite everybody and just have a big party with everybody? Like, it mm. really posed a question to me, like, what who would, who would you, you want to spend your last moments with? Which goes back to, and I'm going to go all over the place here, but Bob Saget passed away. Yeah. He was by himself in his hotel room. Yeah. He was on tour and he was he was doing all And it just made me really reflect on who you have next to you when you're out and about as you're living your life and who you would want to spend your, your, your last days with when mm-hmm. you know indefinitely that your days, your days are done yeah, or it's going to happen. Yeah. So who would you spend them with? I, I think it's going to probably end up being like, cause I thought worst case scenario mm-hmm. that it was going to be like my mom and I, yeah. 
and one of the three kids. Yeah. I don't know which one because the other two were going to be someplace in another state or something. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able, so this is where the result, I want to be able to raise them mm-hmm. with the confidence of death and the unknown. Yeah. That we don't have to be next to each other in our final moments because mm-hmm. we're always going to be with each other in our, you know, spirit, in our energy. Because mm. energy is, it, yeah. Our physical it, body it, just is a translation of our, of our energy, of our spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good answer, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, what's your answer? Jesus. That's how you that's, make me answer first. That's difficult. Um, would you want to be I'm, with your mom or your dad? I I feel like I would just want to be with Mike. Oh, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, that's my person. Aww. And and I think like, you know, if if the best case scenario is that you get to have like a approximation of, oh, you know, you have three days until this thing hits. Then you know, hey dad, hey mom, Damn. I love you guys. Yeah, I mean, if if, if we're you talking know? about the the movie, I mean, they had six months, so yeah. In in that sense, I would say, okay, I have six months. Okay, well, I'm gonna go spend time. Yeah. Wait, so they had six correctly. months, and they didn't train a, a team of of oil drillers to send them up in rockets. Wait, you haven't holes. seen it yet? You have to watch it. Oh, no, you I'm saying Ar- like Armageddon. I'm trying to get, try to try to start Armageddon. <laughs> I, I so they heard, didn't train I a whole team of oil drillers. To movie. Wait, so Armageddon? Nuke. He does? Yeah. What? What is that? I heard you have an emotional attachment to that movie. I yeah, we watched it the other day. And <laughs> I, I, he had I mentioned it up a little bit. He to Armageddon, he gets yeah. choked up with Bruce Willis. And I like goodbye that to his I really like that. No, film. if you need a good cry, yeah. you have to watch Armageddon. I Ra- don't want to close oh my, my eyes. The the whole Rachel, does he cry every single time he watches that yes. scene? Oh, wow. Oh. Yes. And yeah, we'll, we'll, like, we'll see it on Netflix. Bartley, and he'll you know, be like, oh, should we do it? And we like look at each other. We're like, Wait a minute. Hold it? on. Hold on. You guys ask each other. Yeah. Like, oh, are adorable. you ready for a good cry? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I am. Let's do it. Like, okay, I'm not ready it. for that's, this to be out in the no, public. That's pretty cool. Sphere, but whatever. Hey, dude, I I cried a lot of films, you know. So you know, yeah. what was the last film you cried to? Uh-huh. You know. recently cried to one. Which one were you? Yeah, I would love to know to? this. I can't imagine my brother crying to one recently. I forgot. Yeah, there's a lot of movies we watch. Movies regularly where we're both bawling our eyes out. I, I cried to A Star Is Born. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I still haven't yeah, seen it. Classic, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. That, really? That, yeah, yeah, you credit that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good tearjerker. Steel Magnolias. Ooh, yes, oh, Steel Magnolias. Yes. Like, that's Magnolias. one that's that I'll watch and I'll... Oh. A blubbery mess. Oh, that one reminds me of my mom. That's one of my mom's favorite movies. Mine too, yeah. yeah. Steel Magnolias. Okay, I have one for you guys. It's not a Disney movie, um, but Rihanna and J-Lo are in the movie. And damn it, it's an animated, it's an animated film. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll find out what it is. But uh, and I'll say, say this. I've never, I've never in an animated movie had such a direct impact with emotion. So there's a scene in this movie where your little favorite character, Mm -hmm. he's immediately annihilated by a heavy piece of machinery. Like it's just instant, like. He's dead. Uh. You think he's dead. And I was in a in a theater with my kids. Is it home? It's home. Home? home. It's an animated film? It's an animated film with little aliens. J-Lo sings on the soundtrack. And the, the song is actually one of the one of the ballad songs on there is really, really beautiful. 
which is also the reason why I cry. But he's oh. he's racing to to find her to save her life or whatever, and he gets crushed by. And I was like, wow, this was brutal for an animated film. Like this was a real yeah. And I bawled like a child in that in that movie theater. <laughs> it was really quite the movie. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. I now that I'm looking at the little cover here, it's a good soundtrack too. Oh. Your girl Riri's in it. It's on Netflix. The Riri's. I'll have to watch it. Yep. If you want a good cry. That's my go-to cry. What's our go-to cry? You guys don't have an Armageddon? Do we have an Armageddon? That's I feel a good attacked one. right now. Why are, we, why are we bringing this up? You know why? Because <laughs> that, that's good that you... Because we always talk about crying and how necessary it is. Yeah. And it's a good outlet. And I, 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 will, I need to make a shirt that says this. Crying is our soul's form... Or, crying is our soul's orgasm, right? Your soul mm. needs to... El, el, there's a release. term in Spanish, el llanto, yeah, to release that. Yeah. And the fact that you guys have a go-to where you know that no matter what you do, you're not going to yeah. be able to hold back the tears. And I think oftentimes we hide behind those tears or we'll hide behind those movies. Yeah. And our emotions get to, it's almost like our emotions are at the cusp of our eyelids and saying, shit, he's going in. He's going to cry. Everybody, let's go. With yeah. Having nothing to do with even the scene of the movie, but I can get in there and cry right now. Yeah. When I've wanted to cry other times for other reasons, but have not had the courage to, we're going to piggy bank on this Armageddon cry. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like the, there's been times where Mike wants to play a movie, and then I'm like, no, I don't want to cry today. <laughs> uh, well, I'll say that a yeah, lot. No. I don't feel like crying. Yeah, I mean, movies are no different than with songs, you know. Yeah. When you hear a specific song, you know, it makes you cry. Uh, same thing with movies, you know. Mm. Yeah. There, was a, there was a post or like a meme that said, when you're crying and you make it worse by playing R&B music <laughs> to, to cry some more. <laughs> no, Something like that. I don't but. know that R&B music makes me cry, though. Yeah, R&B music. So that's, how, that, that's what they mentioned. So. Well, because I always think of R&B music and I think of 90s music. Like, for me, and I know that it, R&B is obviously greater than 90s R&B, but yeah. I always, it's like baby making music to me. Like, I think of Keith Sweat or mm. 112, mm. and they don't make me want to cry. Yeah. Well, I guess it maybe it depends on the... The artist and it's fucking sad girl music, okay? <laughs> I do love me some sad girl music. So what did you do this weekend, Ricky? Uh, thought about the tsunami sky and the trans-apocalyptic. No, and I what did. What was the tsunami sky that you speak of? I'm going to post a picture. It. We'll post it. It was it? The sky was like a sharp baby blue with soft but vibrant pinks at the same time and the clouds were just like iridescent. And why didn't you want to post it? Because I was excited about it and I thought that that was insensitive to the people that may have been affected by the tsunami. Mm -hmm. But so with that, I this whole weekend I've been thinking a lot about the, the metaverse and I've been thinking a lot about the future and my complete anxiety behind where we're going, right? Which and that's what I relate to the whole trans apocalyptic thing, right? Where Why are you? What's what, what are you so anxious about? That I'm not gonna know how to live in that world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Natalie sent me a video of what the metaverse was gonna be like shopping at was it Walmart? Walmart, yeah. At Walmart, and I saw the video, and I'm like, <laughs> this is very real. I can see this happening. I don't mm -hmm. like it. Because it, it makes me feel like, well, how, 
I'm a, I'm a tangible person. I like to talk to people and touch people and be in people's presence. Did you watch the movie Ready Player One? It's uh, directed and produced, I think, by Steven Spielberg. Mm. If you watched, it came out. Yes, yes, I did. I I think it came out in like 2019. Yes, I think I did. If you watch that, um, maybe it'll it'll put you at ease. But it'll, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's definitely a projection of what's going to come in the next. And he's in a thing, right? Like he's in the metaverse, metaverse. right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's. it's How is that going to put me at? I I do remember watching the movie, but why would you think it's there's 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 a love story behind it as well too. At the end of the day, you know, human beings we have a, a a connection that that cannot really be explained, just like how Interstellar. Um, oh, that was such tra- a complicated okay, movie, it, but at good. The, at the end of the day, it's all about love. Mm. You know, so, so as much as we transition to the digital universe. Um, at the end of the day, love should be what brings us back to reality. How are you going to experience love in the metaverse? And how is that a comforting watch, thing? Watch the movie. Watch the movie Ready Player no, One. No, I saw it. it I saw it. I just don't have that much of a memory of it to give me, the, to, that resonated okay, for me so, to say it right, made right, me so, feel hopeful. All right. So so the the, the guy, the main star of the, of mm-hmm. the whole show, like he... He fell in love with, um, God, what's her name? The girl, the girl, the other girl in there. But like, then the, you have the, the, the best friend who's saying like, dude, you can't be falling in love with this girl. Like this guy can be like a 400 pound guy in a basement. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you don't know, you know, and, and that's. Catfishing. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The catfishing in, 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 uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it, Love is, is is is. Are you saying that I'm gonna find love in the metaverse? Mike? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't answer my question on how I'm gonna feel comforted, right? Because right now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, how even us, right? How are we gonna survive this metaverse? We're in a physical studio right now. We have people in front of us right now. In that metaverse, the idea is you don't have anybody in front of you. You do have these images of who you think you have in front of you and you do have these conversations that you can have with them and engage with him in a digital way but none of it is i don't even i don't even i don't even want to say that it's not real because it is real because you're sitting there and you're typing to the person and you're talking to the person a lot lot of people are making their living off of online they don't Mm -hmm. even leave their house virtual reality i mean it's 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 inevitable where we're going and I think uh, I maybe to ease your the unknown and and the stress of of that unknown. I don't. I mean, look at the internet. You know, we started with what did we start with it? The AOLs, and you got mail and dial up, and it took forever to just get on the internet. And it's evolved. What that's taken what twenty years to actually see that this whole physical internet thing that we can connect and get resources from. So I don't think that, you know, the metaverse is going to say, all right, tomorrow we start. It, I think it'll uh, be a slow transition into that. Your husband and said it has five been. years. But it, oh, right. You think okay. it's going to be more than five years? No, I think, I actually think we are doing it now. We've been doing it. It's trans-apocalyptic. Yeah, We've been it's, doing it's, it. It's a slow transition. Yeah. And, and a lot of these big tech companies, I mean, they they knew this day was coming. And a lot of these big tech companies, um, 
I mean, the power that, that and, and the knowledge that they have is incredible. So Yeah, but do they have they, humanity's best interests at heart? We mm. would hope so. We would hope so. Um, we would hope so. But however, I mean, I think, I think they, they anticipated this transition 10 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. Uh, maybe even in the eighties when computers the inter- came out. when the internet was invented. So, um, I mean, it's all mathematical. This would actually be a good conversation to have with Mondo. Mondo, you know, he studied cognitive science cognitive at, at science. Uh, Berkeley, Berkeley, and he can he can probably really really get into you know code and everything like that. He's uh, in New York a- now. We'll we'll have him uh, on the show. How to ease our stress about the metaverse? Because and I ask you, and you know. Moments ago, you said it's all about love. But again, these these IT companies, these t- tech companies, who's who's at the helm? Who's who's driving this bus? And again, is their best interest humanity or is it making money? Oh, it's both. I, yeah. I think I mean, I think it has at, to at be the end both. of the day, I think the Internet allows you to publish yourself of who, how you want to be portrayed. And I think you it's know. inevitable. It's such a big monster. There's no stopping it. Did you guys watch The Social Experiment? Yeah, on Netflix. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. And and there they pretty much say that everything is being designed to condition, you mm-hmm. know, the individual to buy, to sell. It's mm-hmm. like an addiction. Mm-hmm. That's to benefit the big CEOs and, you know, the, those. Yeah. So that's what makes me feel like, no, they don't have humanity's best interest at heart. You know, they don't have, oh, but I, I don't want to be that bleak it's a ca- about it. I think it's a catch-22. You know, like we've, I think we mentioned that um, initially when you saw the Walmart um, concept for the metaverse. Um, it, because we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. You kind of have to, um, you have to evolve with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you we, have to we take have to advantage. And I think and, eventually we're going to have to adapt as well. Ad- uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? We're gonna be like the I, Wally characters. I, mm. you know, I in 2012, I, I worked in in San Francisco in the financial district uh, for Chase. Uh, I was asked to open up a, a flagship branch for them, and um, the the branch was a uh, multi million dollar branch, um, and we were introducing a lot of the new innovative technology that. Um, you know, all the banks are using now with the app. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting into um, when I went up there. And, um, you know, they, they had asked me to uh, to be a part of this project. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, what do I got to do? And it's like, well, you have to teach these you know, and, and and show these people the new technology that's that's going to hit them. And this was in 2012, right? So this is when we first introduced the the ATMs that will give you, you know, ones, ones fives, and fives. 20s. That was revolutionary. And, let me just say. And um, we actually got ones that. We actually got that concept from the Spaniards because when when I was talking to the engineers, you know, before we actually opened up that branch. And um, that technology came from the Spaniards of introducing the ATMs with multiple denominations, mm-hmm. right? But what um, what I'm getting at is that it was it was a it was a cool experience trying to teach people about this new technology, and they were they were 
a lot of them were were upset because they were like, "Whoa, you're you're taking away jobs. The, the teller's oh, not going to you're replacing the person. You're, you're replacing the person. Mm, job right? security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and we would get a lot of you know in San Francisco, just a lot of lot of money. So yeah. I was trying to explain to very affluent people like, "Hey, like this is." This is the way, this is the direction of the world that we're going to. Mm-hmm. And, and many people don't like change. They don't, you know, Most they're very people stubborn, don't. especially people who have a lot of money. Change is scary. They're like, no, well, no, 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 no. I want to talk to a person giving my money. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I, I, I kept, you know, thinking about this because I was, I was having this challenge. And this was the first branch that was actually open seven days a week, mm-hmm. Monday Seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, I remember Monday. I had to go in on Sundays. The first branch in what California or in San Francisco? Or yeah, because, well, I mean, most most banks, the traditional banks, are open only Monday through Friday, right. nine to five. Mm-hmm. It's it's very unheard of that a traditional branch is open seven days a week, unless it's in a store like a grocery right. store, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Albertsons or whatnot, right? Yeah. So, um, I was extremely upset at, uh, about that on, on Sundays because at that time I used to watch a lot of football and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "You got I got to be at work." Inconvenient. Yeah, but I would tell these I would tell these people that come in they're like, "I'm not using these ATMs," you know, and we had to, you know, yeah. we we had quotas we had to meet like you know by by the technology team of JP Morgan they're like, "Hey, these if these people need to use a teller an actual life hit, you need to tell them to use this ATM." Because that also, you know, uh, uh, reflected our bonus and and in our monthly incentives and stuff like that. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, how am I gonna, you know, these Convince people do people. not want to use these <laughs> things. They don't want to adapt to technology. And I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> wow, they incentivized getting you to get people to use these machines. Yes. Well, I mean, like anything. I mean, any new business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, like, hey, we need a transition to this. You, you gotta. Redirect traffic redirect to ATMs traffic. and yeah. convince people that this is Natalie, the way. You, yeah, you worked at the bank, you know. You and, had to get a- and similar to you, um, when I was, well, obviously you worked at Chase in San Francisco. I'm over here chasing the IE. and <laughs> Chasing the IE, the beautiful <laughs> Inland Empire. <laughs> and, um, but same thing, uh, we would have to, especially we were a very, very busy branch. We were one of the busiest branches in, in the There's area. There's nothing wrong with working chasing the IE or, I mean, you work for a bank. You, that's the, the I the would prefer high, San Francisco highly, than the in, in, in Empire. No, this sorry. Is, uh, if you work for a bank, whether you're a teller or a BSA analyst or anything, I mean, that's, that, that's highly respected. It's the highly most regulated industry. So you're in saying the world. that the Inland Empire is just as fun as San Francisco. Yes. There's, there's a lot of money that flows. I'm not money i said fun oh fun oh i mean it's, it's, oh a, it's a different culture yeah it is it's just a different culture sorry go ahead um well th- well um thank you for respecting my um, location my career and my career you mentioned the teller and the bsn this is very challenging very uh, a whole thing um but yes when when i was uh working as a teller the same thing um, our managers would let us know, hey, please, if they have a deposit, if they just want cash, if they just want to deposit this check, because I think at that time was also when they were introducing um, clients to depositing cash without an envelope or just mm. a bulk right. of cash. Yeah. Um, and so we would tell the clients, hey, you have to do it at the ATM 
it's going to count your money. You're going to get a receipt. Your account's going to be, um, the balance is going to be available right away. Yeah, it's and faster go on your when you do way. it through a machine. Uh-huh. But the, um, the pushback was, I don't trust the machine. I don't know if it's going to count my money right. And I would be like, Jesus, it's a machine. It's actually going to count it better than the human. Um, less chance of error. But also for, um, just for time, it so was faster. when they told you that, to redirect traffic there, mm-hmm. were you worried that you were that this was going to ultimately take your job? No, not at all. But it, it's funny because um, I haven't been to a branch in a long time, and recently I had to go into a Chase branch. And I don't think this is the case for every Chase location. Um, but there's a branch nearby that has no teller windows. Mm-hmm. There is no longer <clears throat> tellers working. It's only a, and they only have, I think they only had a one or two kiosks and it does everything, deposit, cash back, uh, check, well, whatever a teller needed to do, that kiosk does yeah, that, it. And that, so they have no more tellers. That okay. branch that I opened up in San Francisco in 2012, it, it only had two teller windows. And that's what even, that's what pissed off a lot of the customers. Like, yeah. How do you only have, you know, you go into a branch and there's usually like 10, 12 windows, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're used to. And they go into a branch and they're like, they see two teller windows and they just... Throw fit, and especially like b- business clientele who handle a lot of cash, you yeah. know, whether it's a liquor store or a restaurant, you know, they come in on a daily basis with twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars cash, and they need to talk to a person. That's something that can't be processed through an ATM. So, right. you know, they're wait, you can't process twenty thousand dollars in cash through an ATM. It, it, you can. It's just call it's, the Spaniards. It's, they it's, must develop a technology <laughs> to accept twenty thousand dollars. I mean, I mean, look at where cash. I mean, how many people do you really know that carry actually? Cash that around. amount of cash, Look, yeah. That you know what the banks knew back in early two thousand, maybe even before. Mm-hmm. Uh, cash is going to be obsolete. Obsolete. So I did recently go into a bank. So I have my youngest daughter. I tried to open up uh, a checking account for her. Mm-hmm. I had to make an an appointment, yeah. which I did. I went in and did my business stuff, and then did her stuff. The lady who helped me ended up opening up she should have gotten an, a high school checking account thing uh, and she ended up doing it one for like little 13 year old kids or something like that it uh, was all wrong the yeah. whole thing was wrong by the time we get the card her is when we realize that it's wrong so uh, then i call chase i'm trying to get a hold of someone on the phone that doesn't work out i find somebody because my brother ends up knowing someone who was helping me and that he recommended for my business account and i ask him he's like yeah. you're gonna have to go into the branch yeah I make an appointment online to go to the branch to fix this. I show up to the appointment and there's only one person. So she's not a teller, but she's a, what do you call these people? They're like opening up the account. Yeah, yeah, they're banker, just opening account. She's yeah. a banker. Well, the banker that I tried to make an appointment with online, which I didn't have a choice. It had to be that person. It was all automated. Right. Wasn't there. So the security guard's like, let me see your appointment. I'm showing them all my documentation. And they're like, well, that's weird. I don't know why you selected her. She's not here today. I said, I, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. select her. <laughs> this is what it was. Well, go see if one of the tellers can help you. Yeah. Teller couldn't help me. So Yeah, business, business, but, but business accounts are a little bit more tricky because, I mean, Natalie knows uh, with, you know, be, uh, being a BSA analyst, which is Bank Secrecy Act and, uh, anti-money wait money can laundry. you explain that bsa is a what the uh, bank the secrecy banks, act yeah the bank secrecy act is bank secrecy 
Yeah, it's 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 a law that was in place by secrets. the uh, by the Bush administration, I think, in like uh, the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 when you open up a business, it's, it, there's a lot more complexities um, to monitor illegal activity. activity. <clears throat> so, like what Natalie did at at the bank, she would she would monitor you know, big ticket items, wires that would come in from Nigeria, right. Hong Kong, all over the world. And so she, what she would have to do, she'd go in there and say, okay, where, where is this? Follow the money, really. It's a lot of yeah. investigative research. Yeah. yeah you like lot. that? Um, yes and no. Yes, initially, the the work that's involved is cool, but um, it gets really um, repetitive. Mm. Redundant. Really repetitive. Redundant. Mm-hmm. So it has its its pros and its cons. I think like if you have to really be that kind of person to sit in front of a computer all day long and look at spreadsheets and look at transactions and blah, 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 blah. But after a while, it gets kind of. It's a lot of responsibility, though, because you yeah, know, you're the, finding the, the bank. The bank can get fined tremendously yeah, like by the federal government yeah. uh, if they're accepting illegal money. So that's why, like, with the business strategy, when you go into a bank and want to open up a business account, the business banker is going to ask you, okay, what's your business? Where do you conduct your business? How much How much cash are you going to deposit on a monthly basis? Is it $5,000? Is it $50,000? Is it $100,000? Yeah. Okay, are you going to get wires from different countries? Okay, what countries do you expect to, to get these from, right? And so there's there's a lot of regulation when it comes to an actual business account because it's it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's very 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 monitored yeah i mean and and personal accounts are monitored in a similar way right. uh, all everything is monitored to be honest okay but let me so, let, so then let me ask you this at what point does your personal or your business account <laughs> get red flagged like what are what are the and uh, i'm not doing no, anything let's illegal, talk about but, it. but <laughs> what I'm a common person, común y corriente, both in my business and in my personal. But what would catch the eye in either department for you guys to be like, oh, hell, they're doing something fishy here. Uh, Things that are just out of pattern. Let's say that you're a person that only, like, for example, you had your um, your nine to five. You received a paycheck every two weeks, every month, something like that. Okay. All right. So you're. Oh, shit. So the pattern, the pattern is that. You know, we look at a, let's say, for example, let's say six months. We look at six months of your transactional activity. And it's pretty, you're, como dices, común y corriente. You're a person that, um, based on what you've stated to the bank that you do and where you work and where you live, have this type of pattern. So myself as an analyst would go in and look and see, okay, well, Ricky Lee works at Autos. Um, She has, she's a man, let's just say she's a manager. Also, director Natalie. Okay, she's a director. Um, she gets paid. Um, she gets paid uh, monthly. Um, oh, it, it looks like. Um, it it looks like she has. Fuck, I don't know. A fucking. It, she has a car payment. Okay, ba 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 ba. And that should. These are things that are regular occurrences. So let's say all of a sudden you have oh. cash activity, or that you have um, wire activity. It'd okay, be no, weird. Let's not say that. Let's say that now you guys don't see that income coming in. Yeah, right. That income is not there anymore. And now you just you just see some random income. Well, that's fine because So that so that's not going to highlight anything. If it matters, not that it, it does matter. It matters more that you've 
had a significant increase in versus funds a decrease. Okay. Versus a decrease. So the bank only cares about me if I'm making more money. They don't give a shit that I'm struggling right now. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, what the fuck? You so no continue risk. with my illegal matter. Okay, great. Yeah. Actually, so what I was, <laughs> I'm what, kidding, I was I'm kidding. what I was trying to get to about the transition from you know the, you know or, or adapting to the metaverse and technology. <laughs> when I was in San Francisco, and I had to tell these people, I'm like, hey, so. Uh, where are all the horses? What do you mean, where are the horses? I was like, yeah, back in you mm. know, the Industrial Revolution. Uh, people used to, you know, transport Use themselves horses? using horses. Yeah. And then Horse when, and carriage. When, when, when the automobile was introduced, a lot of people were, who had horses were like, that's not ever going to work. That's true. So right. where are the horses now? Okay. So then you just answered my question. So now you actually, forget the movie, you actually made me feel better about the metaverse because you're it, right. Yeah, it, Everything has been... got to adapt. Right. Change. And there's been things that we didn't think was going to be in existence. Mm -hmm. And And, we're okay. And in reality, it it, it should make life a lot easier. I mean, look, it used to take how long to travel from New York to California on a horse? The the Oregon Trail. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oregon Trail? Stupid Oregon Trail. Wasn't that a computer game? That was a computer game. Mm. And uh, now you can travel across. And and it's just... you know, it's just going to advance. It's going to be a lot easier to to move around. Just make sure you don't die of dysentery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now you're just going to die of COVID <laughs> instead of dysentery. But I think that also speaks to part of my anxiety is that, oh, man, am I getting old? Am I aging that I'm not able to embrace fully this major change? Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this as, as a huge, major enormous unattainable thing that's about to happen mm-hmm. but i mean i guess every person who is aging would say that like his examples that nobody thought we'd be in cars or have computers yeah. or i can yeah i think it's not a normal feeling to have of like oh shoot am i gonna be able to adapt i'm going through changes yeah <laughs> well, well because yeah, I mean, yeah a lot of people really don't like change you know uh uh or they don't like taking risks and stuff like that. So change to the average human being is mm-hmm. is scary. Mm-hmm. Is extremely scary. I mean, I mean, Natalie, you and I, we saw it at the bank all the time when when we would manage people's money. A lot of people, you know, most of them are scared. They yeah. they don't know. Resistance Wait, people with a lot of money are scared? Oh yeah, because they're set in their ways. Um, I, I think people with a lot of money have. Or, and well, especially and when they goes, accumulate, go, when they start accumulating a lot of money, a lot of them really don't know what to do. I mean, I, I used to manage, you know, lawyers, doctors, money, and and they didn't know jack shit about finance. Uh, but I, I, I do think it, it can go either way, and it just depends. I mean, like, I, I feel like, what kind of rich are we talking about, or what kind of wealth are we talking about? Because they're either going to adapt and be head head on and say, "Fuck yeah, this is it. This is what we're doing," and they're in involved in those changes. Right, they're part of that innovation. Yeah. But I think that um, the people that are coming into money, or that are, what is it, upper middle class or upper class? I don't know the wealthier the wealthier californians i guess we could also say it, it, it's because we know, live in a bubble here uh, you know? i mean uh, what what i learned working in finance is that um 
I mean, money is, is, is an extremely emotional thing. I've seen people come across a, a, a tremendous amount of money, yeah. just whether somebody passed away and it was mm. an inheritance or a lawsuit or whatever, and I've seen them blow it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's all the sad. time. It's like all it's 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 really sad. I remember um, I had a I had a client um, whose husband worked for FedEx, and I think he 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 was a long distance trucker for FedEx, and I think he was like parked on the on the side of the freeway overnight just sleeping, and um, he got hit. He got killed. Damn. So. She told you how. Oh my God. Well, again, I had, you know, well, because of the amount of money that she was bringing me, I had to ask how she got the money. Again, this is part of KYC, know your customer through the banking industry. What does KYC laundry. mean? Uh, know, your know your customer. Oh, know your customer. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when a client brings in millions and millions of dollars, you need to find out where is it coming from? How did you get this money? You know, because. Yeah. Um, compliance and regulation. compliance and regulation, right? BSA. So the, the, uh, the wife, she was a Hispanic lady. Well, he and he was Hispanic too. They were both immigrants from from Mexico, or, uh, and uh, he he got hit, and so FedEx paid out a million dollars to her, uh, five hundred thousand to the daughter, five hundred thousand dollars to one of the sons, five hundred thousand dollars to another son, and like another five hundred thousand dollars to another. Like he had like four or five kids, right? Um, and so she had a she had a lot of money, and so she she came to me or she was depositing one of the checks, and teller comes to me. She's like, "Hey, this lady usually doesn't have this amount of money. Can you find out find out what's going on?" And so you know, I found out how much she was getting and where it came from. Um, and one of her sons that got a five hundred thousand dollar check that she told me about, he was like twenty three. She, she had she had like a 30 year old a 23 year old an 11 year old and like a five year old right uh, but the 23 year old she sends him to me and you know she tells me in spanish and you know she's cuidalo ayudalo you know help 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 him watch over him and so he has this five hundred thousand dollar check a 23 year old it was like $523,000 or something like that, right? So I call him in. I'm like, look, dude. I go, this is what you need to do. What, what's, what, are you going to school? I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm literally trying to figure out what this guy is trying to do so this guy doesn't blow all this money that his dad worked so hard for for FedEx yeah. and then died. Mm-hmm. And FedEx gave him this this amount of money, right? So this guy... Within three months, the five hundred thousand dollars went down to like about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, phew. and he was he was blowing it on, you know, private jets, ecstasy, marijuana. He would come in. How and, do you and, know and, he was blowing it on that? Like, would you see a transaction for cocaine? Huh? How do you see? How do you know he was blowing it on that? Oh, he was my client, so I had to know. So to to he can he like look the the guy can go in there and any client can go into the bank and withdraw whatever money they want however they spend it it's up to them so to how you were saying earlier it doesn't right? matter like it doesn't people, matter how they take it it, right, it matters right. to me how much where it's coming from and because you had a personal relationship with him that you developed because KYC or KFC know your customer chicken <laughs> that's why people don't want ATMs to take over 
you lose that part. You lose that element of engaging with people and knowing your customers and, and being able to advise them wisely or guide them financially when you know that they didn't have a background like that. Yeah, but, but one of the most important things, and I've never heard this, money is emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's extremely emotional. I mean, uh, I mean, that, that's, yeah, m- money is extremely emotional. Yeah. It's it's all emotion. That's it's all it is. So um that's why the the in in the investment banking world, um when you when you study to get your investment license, your series six, sixty three, seven, your principal's license, series four, uh you know, if you if you really pay attention to the uh curriculum, a lot of it is emotional. You know, you take into consider age, what they've done for a living, but it, money is all emotion. So, so just like 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 in the stock market, you know, if if, if you try to play in the stock market, uh, and you try to you know be an investor and a trader, you know, you can see a 20 percent return one week, and then the next week you can have a ten percent loss, and you you panic. You're like, oh my god, I gotta I gotta close. I gotta close. It's 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 emotional. Okay, let's layman's term this a little bit for people. Like I'm trying to relate to this. How money is emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Food is emotional. Right. Drugs are emotional, yeah. right? All of all of the things that are good or bad for us are emotional. So I'm trying to. It made me reflect on what are my spending habits. What are my? How is what is my outlook and my relationship with money? Yes, and has. And in that reflection, I'm thinking, man, I've had a toxic relationship with money. A lot, I, I, a lot of people, a lot of people do not know uh, or, or understand money, really. And I, and, and I, I mean, you know, Natalie, you've seen that working at the bank as well, too. When you work at the bank, it, it's, it's a scary thing. It's an emotional thing. And, and people just really don't have the time to learn how I don't even think people, I think people are so, it's just kind of over everyone's head about how emotional and they it, are about money. It's extremely and, and complex. The, um, and the relationship that we have with money and how we grew up with money and the conversations that we have around money in our families too. I think that that plays a big role into how we end up developing, developing ourselves um, with money. So if we lived in a home where... Um, you know, the, we had agreed with money or we had negative um, conversations about money, like, oh, money's the root of all evil, blah, blah, blah. Then we'll never level up because, oh, money is the worst thing in the world. Or it could be, or it could go the other way. Oh, money is the greatest <laughs> thing. And we can become assholes or we could just be that happy medium. You know what? Money is a great tool. Money is used for this. Money is used for that. And we end up having a better relationship with money. It just depends on, um, I think, the psychology behind it. It's yeah, very emotional. Yeah, it's very yeah, psychological. The psychology behind it. And, 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 and again, money is not the root of all evil. Greed True. is the root mm-hmm. of all evil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because I've, again, I've also, working at the banks, I've, I've, I've seen the, the bad and good and that, that, you know, that make, you know, that, that money makes people, right? So I've also seen the good that can come from, from having a lot of money. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I've met a, a lot of tremendous, a lot of people who, who just, they know what they can do with money and how they can better the world. 
So, so it, at the end of the day, it comes to the individual and who you are. You know, you can have all the money in the world and it depends on, on how you spend it. But greed is the root of all evil, mm. you know. And, and then especially if, if once you get all that, see, the, the problem was once you have a lot of money and you figure out how to continuously grow that money and you start getting greedy, that's what makes you evil. You can also you know, make a lot of money and continue to grow that money. But then if you know how to really allocate that money, whether it's giving back to your community or to a school district or starting a business that will help the community or, 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 or help the underprivileged that don't know anything, then that's just that wealth right there is, is the wealth. For like tithing. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this for some of our listeners and I imagine myself being a listener saying, what, money and emotions? Mm-hmm. What would you guys recommend as a, a good tool to raise our awareness with our relationship with money and the emotions behind money? What would be a good resource to unlock that in ourselves that you guys would recommend? I mean, really, if, 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 you, have, if you have money in the bank, really try to go and establish a relationship with a banker. Before the ATMs take over, people. Before the get yourself a banker you can, you, or or a financial advisor. You know, does that cost money? A financial advisor? Um, yes, it, it does. Um, however, it, there's many different ways on how financial advisors make their money. So, you know, let's say you have fifty, hundred thousand, whatever, however much money you have, you know, and you want to you want to invest it in the stock market, right? So, say you give a financial advisor a hundred thousand dollars, they will sometimes either charge you a specific fee. It's a small fee, maybe like one, two, three percent of what you will make that entire year. So. Got it. Okay. Right. So let's say you get a 20, 20% return on, on the $100,000. Well, the financial advisor will take 2% or whatever his fee was at the end of that year. Or sometimes they'll just charge a monthly fee that can, and that most financial advisors will calculate then and they'll say, okay, well, that's technically a 2% fee for the year. Right. But, um, Okay. They, they, that, that's, that's where you, 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 if you have money, you want to go to a bank and talk to a financial advisor because what they do is they analyze you. So they'll say, okay, well, how much money do you have in your savings account? Do you own a home? Okay, you own your home. I got how much equity do you have, or how much do you own? They analyze your entire financial. Okay, pause. Picture. You're going really fast for me right now. Okay, so you're saying that I can go into a bank right now and say, hey. I would like a financial advisor. And this person is, as you said, going to look at everything I have in my savings, is going to analyze, oh, shit, you don't work at autos anymore. Mm-hmm. And now your transactions are like this, and this is what your income looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh, but here's your business account. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's oh, your you profit and loss. Oh, you ha- So you're mm-hmm. saying this one person is going to be able to look at all of that mm-hmm. and advise me on what? Where to put your money? Where to put your money? Because then they'll ask you. They'll they'll be like, okay, well, uh, when do you want to retire? And and the 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 technology and the information that the banks have, the big banks, is incredible. I mean, because you got to remember, you know. All right. So if I tell them I want to retire at sixty five, then what? So here's all my a, life. Yeah, they'll create a plan for you. Mm-hmm. And the plan would is going to look like what? 
So they'll, they'll analyze, okay, well, how much are you making a year? Or how much are you making a month? What are your expenses? How much do you pay in rent? How much are your bills? Um, you know, do you have kids? Are you paying college for them? Yeah. Right. And then they say, okay, well, based on how much money you're actually saving, how much you're spending, it's cash flow, you know, how much, or how much in, you're not saving, or how much you're not saving. Then yeah. they'll say, okay, look, we recommend that you contribute X amount of dollars in this type of savings account or a retirement account. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that can come into play. The problem is, is that... But they won't necessarily help me grow my money either. Yeah, they will. Yeah. I mean, over time, yeah, they'll create a plan. It's up to you if you want to stay disciplined to that financial plan because in reality, I mean, I when when I would manage people's money, I would I would recommend that they would come in once a quarter, especially if they were like retired or getting close to retired and they had millions and millions of dollars. I would say, okay, look, you need to come in based on where your investments oh are invested. God. Like, okay, let's see if we're on track. <laughs> you know, it so, so let me ask you this. How at what age do you recommend someone get a financial advisor because I'm 40 and I'm already like, why didn't I do this sooner? I mean, it, there's really no age. Um, the sooner, the better. Yeah. The, and, the younger and, and the you sooner, are, the better. Yeah. It starts. Uh, and even just as a basic start saving your money immediately. So start like doing yeah. something. So like at, at, at the bank, um, in, I, I used to work in, this is how well the, the, the wealthy people have it. And so I used to, I used, I used to work in the private banking sector. And so if you had $250,000 or more with the bank, then you had a dedicated, um, retail banker, which is like, if you had to go in and say, hey, I need to open up just a checking account or I need to do this. You had a dedicated investment banker. So if you had money that you actually want to invest in the stock market, they will help you. You had a dedicated real estate banker. So they don't do that for like banker. little poor people? You had to have, mm -hmm. have $250,000 or more to get access to this type of... Where's the equal now, opportunity in this? Well, yeah, okay. But you can still, if you don't have that amount of money... You can still go into the bank and ask for a financial advisor or, or, or a mortgage bank. And you know what's right? terrible? And you're gonna have to pay, and it's gonna hurt you more to have to pay for this. Because no, no it's, in reality, actually, no, it's 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 actually the same. It, the 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 bank just makes more money if you have more. They, but they, in reality, it's somewhat of the same fees. I, I think it, you know, because I think Ricky's trying to. Um Give this to the common folk or the ones that don't have $250,000. Right. Uh -huh. um, how can, I, I think it starts with educating our community and, you know, people like um, you and I right. that are I trying to get by, um, yeah. that have, you know, I don't know, a hundred bucks to our name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it does come down to uh, education is so important. I think right. we're so undereducated about money, even like, you mentioned something about like you're gonna have to pay to pay someone to make you money. Um, I, uh, my mom, I had a, uh, we did her trust recently um, for the house, and the um, the estate planner tried to sell her some type of life insurance, something that she had to pay into. And my mom was like, "Well, how much is this gonna cost me?" And but the lady, well, the way that she was trying to explain it, it's a it's a great product, you know. She's saying, "Look, you're close to retirement. Um, you don't have, you know, you have X amount in your retirement, and you need some other type of, um, you need something else to supplement you for your retirement." And she, you know, she goes and says, "It's gonna it's gonna cost you X. You have to put X amount of dollars in every month." And my mom was like, 
I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> and I'm just like, mom, like it's going to benefit you in the future. Uh-huh. But I, I think in our community, in our culture, in the way that we think about money, we, we work so hard to make the little money that we have. We are not willing to spend three more dollars or five more dollars a month for this service or this product that's going to make us significantly more right? in, the, in, in the end. But mm-hmm. here's a perfect example of it, though, right? Mm-hmm. I am overwhelmed by any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, it just blows my mind. Right. And here I'm listening to my brother express about the benefits. But he's talking to me like, well, if you have 250000 like, right. that's a whole other bracket that I'm nowhere near. Right. How does everything that you know relate to little old me? Right. And, and explain it to me and connect with me in a way that, A, makes me feel not overwhelmed by it, comfortable by it, and to where I have that confidence and trust that I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. and getting this financial advice. So there's that disconnect that mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. between how we talk to each other about money and what yeah. is good and what is not good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and that's another thing that we have to work like we have to meet people where they're at, not Correct. where they can be. Because, yeah, you can oh, be that's, here. That's an excellent point. But we, we, let's start right here. Uh, for example, again, my mom. Mom, are you saving money? How much money are you saving? Mom, you're retiring in 10 years. Are you gonna, Are you good? Because we need to talk. And, and I guess for the future generations, and maybe these are conversations with like the Mias and the Alinas and, you know, our future babies and stuff like that. It's starting to have positive conversations about, hey, look, this is a savings account. This is a 401k. This is a... Uh, the stock market. The stock your market. baby is gonna come out doing your taxes in its first so. week of life. It's gonna be like, <laughs> man, you guys owe this to the IRS. You know, hold, but, Mom, but, Dad, but hold on. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I was talking about people have two hundred fifty thousand. Blah, blah blah. You know, it, I, I I met Natalie. I met my wife mm. at Chase mm-hmm. in Fontana at a at in a, the Inland Empire. In the Inland Empire, luxurious, which is it, it, it you know, it was a low income area. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, mm. it's you know, the 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 Inland Empire area is 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 well back then when we first right. met back in 2010. I mean, it's booming now out here, um, but yeah, it, it was usually categorized as low income area, and and um, I when I was working at the bank, I you know, I, I was like, okay, well, I I dropped out of college, you know, three months into it, and 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 uh, Jamie Dimon, the, the CEO of, of J.P. Morgan Chase, I remember said, you know, try if you work for an organization. What it doesn't matter if it's a bank or whatever organization you work for. Try to learn every aspect of that business every six months. And you know, when he told when you know when he told the all the employees that I was like, okay, well, this guy's telling me I got to do something every six months and literally what do you mean something like learn a different part of yeah so for the seven and a half years that i was at 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 jp morgan i learned about retail banking i learned about investment banking private wealth management commercial banking management operations so he was saying every six months pick up another interest within your organization to learn something new right so like the first six months i was i was in really or more i was more like about a year in fontana and then i'm and that's when i transferred to the financial district in san francisco to mm-hmm. open up that branch um for them and that was a big 
eye opener because here I'm I'm you know working in Fontana. I'm talking to people who you know ain't got no money. They yeah, there's there's really there's a lot of overdrafts or you know they're closing Damn. out their accounts and you know it, it, low a very low income area right. So I I experienced that, and then I go to San Francisco. And I have customers who are coming in, opening up a savings account. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I got five hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna deposit. I'm like, okay, I got. I'm talking to a 22 year old uh, business owner, startup who got you know funding from a venture capitalist, and he's like, hey, I'm gonna wire two million dollars into my business account. I, I was immediately exposed to that, and I'm like, what the f- fuck? Were what? you angry? Um. Or what emotion did you associate with that difference and that shift in paradigm? I wasn't angry. Um, it was it was more intimidating, you know. When mm. when, when when you talk I, again, like I was, <laughs> you know, I can't. And, and and it was it was a position that I wanted to put myself into because again, if 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 I didn't, and and I thank Mondo too for um, our cousin Mondo for for getting accepted to Berkeley because if it wasn't for for him saying hey I got accepted I was like that was an opportunity for me to go up there not by myself mm-hmm. you know and and still have family up there cuz he was getting into something that was you know he was going to study cognitive science at Berkeley and I'm like well shit if he's going to go down well let, let me let me let me go see what i can right. do and Let's I, train. I actually want to point out two two things first i'm not i'm not exactly sure when it happened but my dad my brother and i got together and my brother at the time was so inspired by Jamie Diamond, mm-hmm. right? He's the, what is he, the CEO? Or Jamie, the, yeah, Jamie Diamond the, the, yeah, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, which is, and he's been ranked uh, he's a the cool top cat. CEO in the world uh, for like the last, I don't know. So my brother wouldn't shut up about Jamie Diamond. And yeah, we're out, he, we're he, bar hopping in downtown LA and doing advises, all this stuff. He advises uh, all the presidents, uh, you know, uh, political leaders all over the world. Yeah, he's, he's a very and influential my, person. And my brother tells my dad, I'm going to meet Jamie Diamond, dad. Mm-hmm. And my, bro- my dad's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to meet Jamie Diamond. You took a video of it. it was, I, I did. Think we were at a bar or a restaurant in LA. It in, was like a, the weekend before I was going to leave to San Francisco. Oh, is that when he... Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. It was a, a, a bar that Nat King Cole would frequent often. You guys forced me to eat... What's that fried octopus? Calamari. Calamari. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I recorded it because mm-hmm. I was really captivated by my brother's uh, obsession and enthusiasm for Jamie yeah. Diamond. Yeah. And... And I thought it was funny that my dad was like, right, Mike, you're not. But my dad's also a very reverse psychology type of guy. So that mm-hmm. in, a, in a very indirect way, that was his way of encouraging my brother to do it. Yeah. I think. And so I recorded it. I was like, bet. And I don't know how long after that. It was probably, I think it was like four or five months after that. My brother uh, met Jamie Diamond. Met Jamie. Because, because I, when I transferred up there, at first I wasn't asked to open up that, that flagship branch. Mm-hmm. And then, like two, three months into it, um, they saw my performance, and they were like, "Hey, we need you to be a part of this team." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I, I I really didn't even know anything about it." They were like, "Yeah, it's you know, here, let, let us let us show you." And it was still under construction. And they were like, "This is how many eyes are going to have on you." And Jamie Diamond, the CEO, is is going to be looking at the performance of this branch, right? And and they asked me to be the business banker there, 
so I would, I would, I would handle all the, all the business clients who had, you know, you know, different business accounts, uh, doctors, lawyers, law firms. Um, and so I was like, I was, I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do it. And, uh, I remember you know, when Jamie Diamond came in, uh, this guy showed up, I mean, it was like four or five suburb black suburbans mm. and he had like, like a secret service. Technically all the, the, all his guards came into the branch and they were like, okay, everything's clear. Okay. Let him in. Mm. And so he comes in and, and, um, and I remember he steps into, to my office cause I had to, I had to actually, uh, tell him the performance on the business side of that branch, like how much money we brought in, yeah. you know, how much money. So we you lost. knew going into the conversation that that is what you had to report to Jamie Diamond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had to prepare for that and I had to, re- I had to give that report to oh, Jamie Oh God, Diamond. I'm getting nervous. So, I didn't know all this yeah. actually. Um, and so, um, the whole team, because obviously we had, we had a mortgage banker, mm-hmm. we had a business banker, we had an investment maker. So we all had to be like, okay, I mean, this is, this is a, a high tech branch. This was the future of, I mean, technically where we're at now, I was doing this back in 2012. It was a long time ago. So, um, when I, when, when I had a debrief on everything, I, I, I was extremely nervous. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, has big know, deal. He's a big deal, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and I told him, I, I went up to him like, "Hey, uh, I had a bet with my dad." You did tell him. I did tell him that. I was like, "Oh he, shit!" He said, uh, "He said I would uh, never meet you. Uh, can I take a picture with you?" He said, "Yeah, of course." And so you know, and 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 huh. my and and our our regional manager was telling us, "I was like, do not ask him for a picture." Blah blah blah. blah, blah. <gasps> And so, you know, I was like, nah, fuck this. You just went I have a bet. <laughs> and, I, and I just flat out. And, and Jamie, the, he is such a down-to-earth guy. Like, if you really listen to him, um, you know, when he talks on, you know, on Capitol Hill and, and gives, you know, different business meetings, he's just down-to-earth. And, and, and if you ask a stupid question, he'll say, that's a fucking stupid question. You've sent me some really good uh, videos about how he conducts meeting yeah. meetings, how he conducts himself with his staff. Yeah. And how important preparation is and communication. Yeah, yeah it's, I was, it's, I was, it's incredible the the as far as the leadership training that I I learned f- from working from JP Morgan is 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 incredible. I mean, I I, I truly think that it's better than um, if I would have gone to college. You know, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I yeah, I would definitely say that our life experience sometimes are quite valuable. So to wrap this up. What, Mike, would you recommend to the little kids out there or anyone really as it relates to money? How would you advise somebody to get to be to get better? What resource would you point them to in order to better their relationship that they have with money? Is there a book? Is there a YouTube channel? Is there a person that you admire, that you watch or read about um, that has guided you that you could recommend maybe? I mean, it's uh, in these days that we live in, it's, it's, it's tricky to, you know, it's living online. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine. That's where we're, that's just where we're at. That's where we're going. Um, I would say, Start. I mean, start at start at your bank. 
Talk to talk to your banker. Talk to a financial advisor. I was gonna say, what bank do you recommend? But <laughs> I feel like your your little heart's nah, with Chase. No, nah, I mean any any of the big bank. In, in, <laughs> there's there's no in, in reality. But they all, starting with your bank. Sorry, um, I don't think that all bankers have the drive or right. the passion as you right, to right. And, and that's what I was be, to educate their community. Right, right, right. I was gonna say that because I mean, you you know, working at the at the retail branch level as well, like like a lot of bankers, they really don't care to. Educate. They don't, and and it's shitty because the um, especially with uh, they don't get they don't want to educate. The uh, people in Fontana as opposed to the people in San Francisco. Right. And um, because they're so large, um, it's more um, numbers driven and it's not educational driven. So I would say that it's kind of difficult to for myself to walk into a bank and say, hey, please educate me on on my relationship with money or on how I can be better or have just any kind of clue as to what an IRA is or a 401k or um, or a savings, a money market account. What is that? Where, where do I go to get yeah, when is more your information? TED talk being released? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's <laughs> what it is. Cause I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be, I would myself, even knowing all that I know would feel comfortable to go to a banker and say, Hey, help me. Right. You would, you would feel comfortable? I would not. I would right, not. I agree. Because yeah, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to give somebody money, like, hey, here's my money. Can you make it grow? Not yeah. lose it, right? So at the end of the day, it comes, and, and that's what makes the good bankers from the bad bankers. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you do what's right for the customer, uh, they will trust you with your money. And especially if you grow it. But I would say... I mean, there's a lot of books out there that you can that, that you can definitely read. If if rather than relying to watching somebody on YouTube and give mm-hmm. you financial advice, I would say go read a book. Mm-hmm. Just go yeah. read a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with reading a book, I used I, I never really liked to 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 read, and and like now I I I, I read a lot of books. Well, you you know, and uh, I think the most accurate information you can get is through a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go into Barnes and Nobles, go into that finance section and start some, I think you've, you've uh, given me several books. Um, and I think I've mentioned, I don't even think it's been mentioned through this podcast. I think it was through like our Instagram lives. Um, there's one uh, broke millennial and yeah, invest broke, broke broke investor broke millennial something about being a millennial and learning how to invest and um and so yeah the, there's that rich dad poor dad which talks rich a lot about like talk about that on one of these episodes uh, we put them in the liner notes well we'll put we'll his recommendations to too on this yeah we'll we'll put some yeah book I'll, recommendations I'll, I'll look, on so, there. I'll look some fun. books up and if you guys want to put it, the links on your guys things you know yeah yeah, for I sure. I just can't think of them off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, no, we'll put yeah. them in some show notes. We'll put them on our Instagram and all that. But cool. Is there anything that you'd like to end with, Ricky Lee? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I mean, all I would say is, though, that, you know, if you're making money and we're, we're, what we're leading into right now is the passion economy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just like how we had the industrial revolution. Like, you know, everybody everybody doesn't want to work but because they're trying, they're, they're, they're finding their true passion. So yeah. for the next five to 10 years, we're, we're, we're going to be in, in this passion economy where people are, are making money for what they like, what they love to do. Yeah. So 
I would say... But you said passion economy? Yeah, the passion economy. Right, because we're going from the resignation era to the passion economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this digital world that we're trans- transferring into, you know, just like what we're doing here at Rose City Sound, you know, we're, we're, we're live streaming. I've been telling you guys the last two years that... <laughs> we just need a support system, though. That's the problem, because again, we have all these great ideas, but at the end of the day, you still need human beings right. to come in here and and do perform a function right, right. and provide support. And without that, it's so you ain't gonna be on no verse right. if you don't have. But what, what, you know, so what I'm saying verse. is, that with this passion economy, if you're, you know, whatever your whatever business you're trying to start, and you're making money online or not online, and and you start to create wealth you do have to have a team in order to continue that wealth. Whether you want to buy a house or you want to invest in another business or you want to you know, have a 401k and invest in the stock market, whatever, you have to have a team. At the end of the day, you have it to have a team. It takes a village. Yes. So let me ask you this. So would you take the team that we have here, like let's say you take all the stakeholders of this team mm-hmm. and you say, hey guys, let's buy a big... Is a compound a house? Is that say yeah, a house? Yeah. <laughs> a fort? A fort? A fort? <laughs> oh man. Let's all put our money together and let's build this fort. And everyone can have their living space and everyone can have their workspace. Is that the kind of teamwork you're talking about here? Yeah, it's a that's another way of yeah, another way of putting it. I that would make me feel better about surviving the metaverse. At the, end of the day, at the end of the day, you, you, you cannot do it by yourself. You need a team. Whether, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, if you think you can do it by yourself, good luck. Good luck. With that, hey, Ricky, I'm... Yeah, yes. I want to say a year ago. Yes, that's... <laughs> oh, I hope you read my mind with this, Rachel. <laughs> read it, no, girl. No, no. Uh, I feel like a, it was like a year ago, uh, David was looking at houses. And we found this huge house and we were Mm. like, if everyone at Rose City like got together and bought it and we could all have our own little quarter of the house. Didn't you send that to me? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember where it was? Wasn't it Florida or something like that? No, it was here. It was local. Shut up. Where? Lake Arrowhead. Oh, Mm. and I didn't know it was Lake Arrowhead. I didn't know. But I remember when they, when they sent that to me, I was like, Huh. <laughs> and I started to think about it. And then Ray, who does all of our content, he said, you know, Ricky, because I took him over to where I guess, quote unquote, Rose City Sound originally started on 4th and Euclid. And he was like, wouldn't it be cool if we just bought that whole little complex, that mm-hmm. whole corner spot? Because it's a bunch of different apartments, which they've had it for sale before. Yeah, so dude, Ray was yeah. like, wouldn't it be cool if... We all bought this together and this and everybody had their own little spot. Yeah. But then we had our workspace and mm-hmm. then you you're, you're doing both, but everybody has their own space. Mm-hmm. So when the Bartleys mentioned it to me and then right. Ray mentioned it to me <laughs> and I, I naturally come from an environment like that. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it, it almost seems that. And again, that's how you would survive the, the metaverse. And everybody has their own contribution to what it is that you're doing. And everybody plays a role and everybody invests into it. Invests into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
how do you even have that conversation? How would you even, how would you even begin to facilitate something like that? Because then that's looking at everybody's finances, everybody's income. What can everybody put down? Where does everybody want to go? Like, how do you do that? I know how to do it, but we can talk about this in like <gasps> two years. No, not two years. Okay. Maybe sooner, actually. Well, let's say you want to, you actually want to execute it by two years. In two years, that's the goal for everybody to have this fort. You have to start mm-hmm. talking about it now to have it in two years. Right. Yes or no? Yes. Because then you want to get everyone but on the we're not going to talk about it right now. So. <laughs> well, no. Well, no, but. You're saying we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part two But later. I do know how to do it. All right. Well, you said it. Two years, everybody. We're going to be or coming at to you live from the fort. <laughs> Are we still going to be in California? That's a real good question. That's yes. The, that's that's okay. a real good question. I would want to leave. I, I would want to stay in California. I, I'm not ready to leave Disney. I mean, We're, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we go to Florida. <laughs> I know. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not cheap to be in California. It, it, it isn't, It's really not cheap. But however, you pay cool. for... The weather, you know, the weather, the experience, the, the mountains. So, so you got. If I mean, if 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 you're seeing it in a business perspective, yes, sometimes makes sense to stay here. So Rachel wants the fort in Anaheim. Is that mm. what I heard? It doesn't Does, have to be Anaheim. In the just, in the vicinity of, of <laughs> Disneyland. I mean, I would love to be Mickey's neighbor. That would be pretty Ooh. awesome. But. It's good juju too. We'd be at the next to the happiest place on earth. So yeah. not? right, and I mean, look how like this, this could be a whole other conversation. <laughs> but the story of Disney. I mean, come on. I, I mean, oh yeah, this an true. impossible thing. Yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be a good one. The story yeah. of Disney. I'm with that. that. I'm with it. Oh. For sure. Dang, well, what a money talk. Yeah, this is good. It is good. It's a necessary conversation for us to have in our community. Yeah, and it's good too. And even even before this um, podcast recording, it's good to have ideas and speak them out like you were saying. Let it out. And, and Let what, it out what, so what that was, you can invite. What I was trying to get yeah. to, like whether, you know, me working in Fontana and, and, and low-income areas in the bank and then working, you know, in, in affluent, I, it, I saw both sides and... I'm glad I saw both sides because it, it to, and to be honest, with you, it doesn't matter whether you have a dollar in your account or, you know, a million, hundred million dollars in the account. I've seen mm-hmm. them both, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter because I, I see what money can do to people, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. But if you know how to control your emotions and remain focused, and if you have a plan to give back. You know, yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that a hundred percent. Well, Michael Moda, thank you for being on this frequency with us. Finally, yeah, he answered the Goodness. call. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank God you got that calendar invite and you said yes. I would have been devastated. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I can't wait for that intro fun. song. It was fun. It's gonna be up next. Hope you guys, you know, can hear a little bit of Mike's music soon. I didn't, agree. I didn't agree to that yet. Oh, you did earlier today. Actually, we were all witness, Rachel, have. Bartley, Natalie, I, myself. Yeah. Original so. music. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, Increase everybody. Increase the peace. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Chingon Bakery and Venice Beach Beverage. 
If you have any topic ideas you want us to cover, don't forget to email those to onthisfrequency at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced by Juicebox Bartley and Big Brother Jake. We drop a new episode every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow us on the grams at On This Frequency. How can you support us, you ask? Well, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash On This Frequency and you can donate some coffee funds there. And for those Apple listeners, leave us a review. They're incredibly helpful and we'll be sharing them in our upcoming episodes. So from Natalie and I, remember to be kind to one another, kick some ass, and remember to celebrate every day because every day is your birthday. Meow, 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 meow. Cause I miss you